Good evening, dummies. Episode 152. I know it's a little confusing. I went from 149 to 151, but I did record a 150, but the audio was horrendous. So I'm going right to 152. So I may release it in the future. We'll see. One is all that matters. What What is the one? What is the one? The one is a win. The Colorado Avalanche are one win away from win, winning the President's Cup. And I talked about this last night. I don't know if it's a curse or not. St. Louis Blues has given us trouble in the past. I don't know about this year. We've done pretty well against everybody. But anyway, it's an exciting night, and uh, we will see what it brings. I don't care who we play. I just want to get to the playoffs. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. It is Thursday, May 13th, 7, 10 p.m. It's great to be with you tonight. We're going to cover a bunch of different stuff. I mean, don't we always? But tonight is, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting evening. A lot of things are going on, as as everyone probably knows. You just look around and you can hear the news. There's this trepidation going on where there's a little bit of optimism for COVID, but then the economy looks like it's going to go to the wayside, that immigration isn't going to get solved, and Joe Biden is just backwards and forwards, just doesn't know how to take a stand on anything. And you have to believe, unlike Donald Trump, where Donald Trump kind of changed his tune, but that's because he stepped in the proverbial dog do. Joe Biden does it because you can just tell there's this struggle where people are pulling him in different directions. And and there, he has so many people in his ears that he just can't make a decision. So if you look tonight, masks are now okay. Anyone who's received the step one and step two of the COVID vaccine from Pfizer or any of the others What's the other one in Derma or some crap? I don't even know what they are. I, I'm, I'm not going to get the damn thing, so I don't know. But the point is, is that you don't have to wear masks anymore. And we're going to talk about this because this is going to bring up some interesting conversations, a whole bunch of videos, I'm assuming, of masked Karens and uh, mask holes. And uh, we'll talk about it. And also tonight, border wall returns. Remember, Joe Biden said, I will never, ever add to the border wall. Well, Joe Biden's walking that back tonight. And of course, Jen Psaki is all over it. She's like, well, we're going to have to circle back to the wall and not talk about the wall. But we have plans for that wall. That wall is planned. She's so formulaic. You know, it's kind of funny. If you go back to the the movie with Ben Stiller, uh, I can't remember what it was. It's a superhero movie. You guys know. Look it up. And on there, there's this one guy who's so formulaic and what he says. And he's like, before you can conquer the enemy within, you must conquer your enemies, you know, and, and it's before you fight the struggle, you must struggle with the internal fight. And this is Jen Psaki. She's horrible at it, but just listen to her. It's, it's freaking hilarious. Also HR one, not HRN one, not a H one N one or any type of pandemic. I know it sounds like that and why they would name it HR one. I don't know, but this was the, for the people bill, which talked about election reform that the Democrats were trying to shove in so they could never lose another election as long as they lived. Well, this thing has taken a turn. I did a show on it. I'll link it later. And uh, it should be fun tonight. It's going to be a good show. I'm excited for it. So episode 152, let's get to it. I got to get a workout in. I got uh, the abs at nine o'clock and I am ready to go. A young Mexican man named Jose was curious about America. So he snuck across the border. He wanted to go see a baseball game, so when he went home, he could tell his family all about it. When he got there, the game was sold out, so 
he decided to climb to the top of a flagpole to get a better look. When he returned home, his family was anxious to hear about his experience. What happened? asked his family. Well, America is the nicest place in the world, he said. Before the game started, all the people in the stands and all the players stood up, looked right at me and said, Jose, can you see? Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, thank you, dummies. I appreciate you being here. Tonight is going to be a better night than last night. I was fumbling through the intro, but I got a feeling it's been better. Folks, my name is Matthew Spear. I am your host of Don't Unfriend Me. You may have seen my ad or maybe a friend shared this or you just happen along the page. I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much. You can also visit me over here if you'd like to share, subscribe, follow, do all that. Stay up to date with all my videos and posts and all the crazy memes that I post. And I appreciate the follows, likes, and shares. It keeps the lights on and God doesn't kill a puppy. Also, if you uh, aren't about social media, some people aren't. They just like the WWW, that interweb thing that Al Gore invented. You can go to don'tunfriendme.com. You can get all my catalogs, videos, blog posts, memes, everything's there, and all my social media as well. Let's get into it tonight. Like I said, we don't have a lot of time. Now masks are okay, and then they're not, and then they are, and then they aren't, and then wear two, maybe three, but wear one, but don't wear them at all, but inside, but not outside, but outside, but not inside, but inside and outside. And now don't wear them at all. It almost feels like they're fucking with us, right? I mean, just a little bit. The top line of all of this is fully vaccinated Americans no longer need to wear masks indoors or socially distance in most cases. You hear how they said most cases? Well, it's in all cases. Either it is or it isn't. There are, there's no rules here. Now, they're saying if you are in a hospital you probably want to still wear a mask or if you're going to be in an elderly care center or where people are susceptible, that makes sense. I mean, you'd do that anyway. You wouldn't walk in with the flu and go, (laughs) hi, grandma. So let's be honest. That's pretty much standard operating procedure. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the full of shit, we don't know what we're doing convention, announced Thursday a major loosening of COVID-19. It almost sounds like you've taken some X-lax or Duratol, a major loosening of that morning glory. COVID-19 advice as more Americans get vaccinated. Some facts about this. The CDC, their new guidelines say it's safe for vaccinated people to go to go maskless in most indoor and outdoor settings, and they can participate in large activities without physical distancing. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky said at a White House briefing, Americans should still wear masks in healthcare facilities and other sensitive locations, and immunocompromised people should seek medical advice, Walensky said. Walensky cited a range of studies showing the vaccines are highly effective at stopping the spread of coronavirus and staving off serious illness, including most new variants. Right. Or you could just be like Florida and Texas that said, fuck it and open and deal with the virus, grow an immunity, 
that did the same thing. We can stop grab-assing with a vaccine. We don't know if that lasts a month, six months, a year. We don't know if you're going to have a fucking forehead that's going to grow out of another forehead or an elbow that's going to grow a knee. Let's be honest. We don't know what this thing's going to do because we don't have the long enough timeline to look at it. And I'm cussing a lot tonight. I apologize. But I'm just sick of this. I am so tired of COVID. I am so tired of this game. Can we move on? You already won the election, Democrats. There's no reason for you to keep holding on to this. Mass mandates are normally the domain of state and city governments, but the CDC releases advice for public officials and individuals, and the federal government mandates masks inside federal buildings and on interstate modes of transit. So let me get this straight. I'm vaccinated, and I go on a plane, and I say, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing a mask. They say, why? Well, the CDC says I don't have to. Oh, we don't follow what they say. But you followed it when we quarantined. You followed it when we shut everything down. You followed it up until this point. It's almost like global warming. If all the scientists came out and said, you know what? We were wrong. There is no global warming. We're full of shit as a Christmas goose. The Democrats wouldn't believe them. They only agree with science when it aligns with their thinking. Just like they go ahead and disprove science when it comes to 64 different genders. There is no male and female. There's 64 different genders. They also don't agree with science that a little tiny fetus is a human being and alive. Oh, no, it's dead. It's just t- tissues and cells. Let me go ahead and shove a knife into your right arm and let me tell you how you feel. That's just tissues and cells. It shouldn't hurt at all. Fuckers. Crucial quote on this whole thing, and you should be really excited. If quote, if you are fully vaccinated, you can start doing the things that you had stopped doing because of the pandemic, Walensky said. We have all long, long for this moment. I haven't long for it. I didn't stop changing anything. I really didn't. I wore a mask once in a while. I didn't wash my hands more frequently. I'll be completely honest. I touched my face all the time. I went with other people in small spaces. Nothing's changed. The only thing is, is that I'm, I, I'm, I'm less well off financially, but that's about it. Let's be honest. Most Americans just put the mask on and that was really the biggest change in their lives. This isn't really rocket science, folks. We all know I'm not changing a damn thing. But the funny thing is, is that we can't go maskless because the state, local and municipalities have all decided that every business must wear masks no matter what. It doesn't matter when you're walking across a restaurant five feet and then you sit down, you can take it off then. But when you're walking, you can't. How does that make any sense? It doesn't, and it never has. Here's the big number, 35.4%. That's the share of Americans who are fully vaccinated. Remember Dr. Fucky and what he said is that it would be 60, 65, 70, 75, 80% of Americans would have to do that to have herd immunity. Meh meaning they've received two doses of Pfizer or Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine, two of those, or one dose of Johnson's and Johnson's single-shot vaccine. It's kind of like a yeast infection, right? You go to the store and you see that stuff. They have seven-day, five-day, three-day, and then 24 hours. Can anyone tell me which fucking woman goes, you know what, I want to keep this thing around three or five more days. I'm going to cut my budget right here. I'm going to save a few dollars. No, you get the 24-hour. What about the Johnson and Johnson shot? You know what? I don't want a little bit of COVID. I want a shitload of COVID. So I just die from it. It all sounds so wonky. Some 46, I can't believe I brought up a yeast infection. Folks, we talk about everything on this show, whether you like it or not, I'm here for you. Some 46.4% have received at least one vaccine shot, just one. 
Some background on this. The CDC has gradually lifted its coronavirus guidelines in recent weeks. The agency now says it's safe for fully vaccinated people to gather in small groups without masks, go maskless outdoors unless they're in crowded areas or travel domestically. But some health experts have urged the CDC to move faster, arguing vaccinated people face very little risk of contracting COVID-19 and looser stool rules would encourage uh, hesitancy for people to take the vaccine. So let me get this straight. You still have to wear masks because the local state municipalities and the cities have said, this is the way it is. You're going to wear them no matter what. We don't care what the CDC and federal government say. You're wearing them because as of today, they're still doing this. So they want to encourage you to get the vaccine. Why? So you can literally do the exact same thing and wear the mask anyway. If the mask works, then why are we doing this? If the vaccine works, then why are we wearing masks? Stop asking such scary questions, folks. They deserve no answers. Many states have already loosened or dropped their mask mandates. An example, Texas and Mississippi struck down virtually all of their coronavirus restrictions in March. Some states like Massachusetts and New York, communists, have lifted outdoor mask wearing rules but left indoor restrictions in place. And stricter places like California have promised to drop masking rules sometime in the near fucking future when they go ahead and solve their economy, get infrastructure fixed, and not have a fucking fire every three weeks. Cussing a lot tonight. Surprising fact. Surprising. This isn't surprising at all. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the federal government's top infectious disease expert, has started encouraging vaccinated Americans to get used to going maskless outdoors. Amid criticism, President Joe Biden's administration has been overly cautious in loosening coronavirus guidelines. Quote, put aside your mask. You don't have to wear it, Fauci told CBS News Thursday. This guy flip-flops more than International House of Pancakes. You know when you go to McDonald's and it says like 99 billion served? That is essentially on par with how many times Dr. Fauci has flip-flopped. We love Dr. Fauci on this show. What to watch for? Vaccine hesitancy. It's been around since it started. It's not going to get much worse. Daily vaccination rates have slowed down somewhat in the United States after peaking in April. And some public health officials worry millions of Americans remain skeptical of the vaccines, you think? Though the share of Americans who say they're willing to get vaccinated has gradually crept up. The interesting thing about this whole thing is that it constantly changes. When are we going to realize that we have no idea? When something completely foreign happens, when nobody was alive since the last time a pandemic hit of this magnitude, do you really think that the government knows or do you think they're just guessing? And that's really what science is before it's fact. It's a guessing game. It's trial and error. It's cause and effect. It's taking the most improbable It's taking the most probable and drawing a line through them. And whatever is left, no matter how improbable it may be, is fact, is science. But you have to go through this trial and error phase. It usually takes time. It takes a lot of money. And it takes a lot of people failing to get it right. What are we going to learn after all of this about COVID? Are we going to compare it to the other infectious diseases that have spread across the United States over the last hundred some odd years, maybe even in Europe in the 1600s, and say that we overreacted? I think we will. 
I think we're going to find that we could have kept kids in school. I think we could find that we could have worn masks the entire time and washed our hands and still been okay and not shut down anything at all. We probably should have treated it like the flu or other infectious diseases during the wintertime that puts all of the elderly, the obese, and people with diabetes and pre-existing conditions at risk. But it was an election year, and we all know that the Democrats have to make every single thing a crisis. I look at Donald Trump and the way that he reacted to this, and he almost seemed taken aback. His first stance was, it's no big deal. And really, on the scheme of things, it hasn't been that big of a deal. I know, I know. A lot of people have died. I get it. But a lot of people die every year. The point is this, is that it suddenly changed. But the Republicans and Trump were kind of like, let's calm down a little bit. But then this swamp infestation inside the government, the Dr. Fuckies and the other people who essentially just said the World Health Organization and CDC get to predict everything and we're going to go ahead and make it law. And that's not the way our government runs. I think when we look back on this, we're going to find that there were a lot of errors when it came to processes and policy and the Constitution and let all the world lament when we don't review this, have an honest conversation and ensure that it never happens again. The For the People Act, or you could go ahead and say For the Democrats Act. The Democrat reaction to widespread Republican concerns about the fairness and honesty of the 2020 election, and more importantly, Republican states making it harder to cheat was to push H.R. 1. H.R. 1 is a bill that would federalize elections, make it easier to cheat, and generally slant the field in favor of Democrats. We all know this. But of course, they want big government. They always do. I talk about H.R. 1 in another show. I have it linked right up here for you on YouTube, and you can also find it on Facebook. Not a single Republican voted for the bill in the House, and not a single one would have voted for it in the Senate. And that is exciting news. It means that the Republican Party is officially aligned for the first time in the last 30 years. It really has been since we've seen Reagan, almost longer than that, that the Republicans have been unified and together. And Donald Trump did just that. And the fact that a few of the people who usually sway in favor of the Democrats and play grab ass with politics still voted with the Republicans. It's currently deadlocked in the Rules Committee 9-9. The bill was on track to die in the Senate after Democrats failed to get 60 votes in the filibuster. However, it's not going to even get that far because Democrat Senator Joe Manchin has decided to kill it, opting to support a different voting rights bill instead. Manchin said, I quote, I believe Democrats and Republicans feel very strongly about protecting the ballot boxes, allowing people to protect the right to vote, making it accessible, making it fair, and making it secure. And the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, if we apply to all 50 states and territories, it's something that can be done. It should be done. It could be done bipartisan to start getting confidence back in our system. For those of you that don't know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is unlikely to get through the Senate either. So it was probably a bit of a dodge of Manchin to say he was going to support that bill. He knows damn well that he doesn't have to. But I have been very hard on Manchin, and I will give him credit that he stuck to his guns and stuck to his word. And whether he would have voted for it or not, as long as he keeps his word, that's a good thing. I've been hard on this this guy for quite a while. But this is a redeemable quality, and I happen to agree with him that this bill would have given Democrats and usurped the power from the United States and the people and given it to the federal government. 
which is essentially what they did in the last election. The federal government decided to go ahead and do the mail-in ballots and push the states to do so and didn't leave that decision up to the states with any regulation and essentially said, let's go ahead and throw out 50 million ballots for people who didn't vote, and this swayed the election. That being said, Manchin deserves uh, just a little bit of credit for putting some teeth behind the idea of working on bipartisan legislation. Long-term, or our, our, long-term, our country is not going to survive in a world where Democrats are trying to rewrite the rules to lock themselves in power. It's also worth noting that a country where every legislative win comes at the expense of people on the other side is not a country with a bright future. If people conclude that there are no benefits to cooperating with the other side, only pain, that eventually this country is going to split apart. No one person or even a handful of people can stop that from happening. But if a few people like Joe Manchin can buy us some more time, maybe we'll be able to hold the country together over the long run. Maybe. The border wall. Immigration, first of all, has Joe Biden implemented one original idea? No. Is he just basically doing the opposite of what Donald Trump did in most things? But when it comes to the economy, when it comes to throughfare and trades and exports, when it comes to world policy, he hasn't gotten back in the Iran nuclear deal. They're not fully into the Paris Accord. He's made propositions that he's going to do things, and he hasn't. Do you think he ever will? Well, the one thing that he's backpedaled on is the border wall. The Biden administration will resume construction of the southern border wall levy as the immigration crisis continues to spiral out of control. The United States Army Corps of Engineers, the USACE, will restart construction on a 13.4-mile stretch of levy in the Rio Grande Valley. The decision reportedly follows pressure from local residents and politicians to mend the incessant crossing surge. Priority repairs are set to begin in six weeks to prevent flooding, followed by the establishment of a concrete levee wall fit with safety barriers in six to nine months. Safety barriers. A wall. The USACE clarified that the wall will not be expanded on and only repair the Rio Grande flood levee from the time being. Quote, wall construction remains paused to extent permitted by law. Per DHS, we've started critical work to repair the Rio Grande Valley's flood levy, which was excavated to make way for border wall. This remediation work will not involve expanding border barriers, USACE stated on Twitter. Well, at least they're using proper channels to convey their message. After running for office, vowing not to build another foot of Donald Trump's wall, President Joe Biden signed an order on Inauguration Day ending the national emergency at the border and launching a 60-day review of the project, pausing all construction and calling for a plan to redirect unspent funds. The Department of Homeland Security, DHS, explained in a statement that repairs will protect border communities from physical dangers. Left in the wake of the construction, the statement claims that large holes were blown into the Rio Grande Valley's flood barrier system to make way for the wall, which as a result requires repairing to prevent catastrophic flooding. One of President Joe Biden's first executive orders, as I said, once taking office, immediately halted the construction. January 20, inauguration, the migrant surge has worsened since then, as the number of illegal crossings continues to skyrocket and holding facilities have threatened public health in the midst of a pandemic. 
According to Customs and Border Protection, CBP, there were a total of 178,622 migrant encounters in April, marking the highest monthly total in 20 years. From Arizona to Texas, construction on sections of the border wall continued up until Biden took office on January 20. In some places, materials were equipment were abandoned abruptly. Isolated 30-foot steel bollards stand on the border in between large gaps in the wall, as ABC News recently saw on reporting trips to the border in South Texas. The Biden administration froze all ongoing work in its review and has sought to slow legal proceedings in court where in Texas, where are more than 140 active eminent domain cases. According to the Texas <coughs> excuse me, woo! According to the Texas Civil Rights Project, the president has been very clear on the record that he's committed to no longer confiscating land, said Laura Pena, an attorney with Nonprofit Group, which has called on Biden to keep his campaign pledge to withdraw the lawsuits and to return property to landowners. From our perspective and my perspective, this has felt like a huge betrayal. She says, last week, a judge allowed the government to seize six acres of land from the Cavazos family in Mission, Texas, property on the Rio Grande River. The family has rented out to tenants for decades. Jose Fred Cavazos, a 71-year-old member of the family, told ABC News he is disappointed by the judge's ruling and the Biden administration's continued pursuit of his land. It's like he's making a U-turn, Cavazos said of Biden. Why say no more walls if he doesn't mean it? Members of the Mexican military were spotted in Del Rio, Texas, for the first time on Wednesday patrolling the opposite shoreline and detaining migrants with plans of crossing the Rio Grande. Del Rio, Texas Mayor Bruno Lozano, a Democrat, sounded off and said that he expresses concern for the worsening crisis and the administration's failure to control it. They keep telling us that the border is under control, and I simply do not understand how with a 392% increase this fiscal year alone— Last year, we had 19,724 captures. At this point, and right now, we're at 97,398. I simply don't understand how that is under control. Mr. Lozano, either do we. Joe Biden has done the one thing. It's not that he has lessened the Border Patrol dollars. It's not that he has not empowered ICE. It's not that he's not keeping kids in cages, just like Biden and Obama, his, his boss, did. Democrats rang the dinner bell and opened up to all South American countries in Mexico, bring everybody you want. We won't stop you. It was one of the biggest blunders. It was one of the largest turnarounds we've seen from any political party. Immigration has always been a bipartisan issue up until recently, the last four years. And the reason why is because Donald Trump made it his campaign promise to quash immigration, and he most certainly did. He was allowing actually about 200,000, where Obama has allowed close to 2 million and deported more than that, more than Trump ever did. What Trump did was more humane. They just stopped coming, and he said, don't come, or we'll stop you and send you back. And that is exactly what they did. The wall was just essentially keeping the drugs out and keeping the mules from coming in. The problem with this whole thing is that we've become so blinded in our government that no policy from the opposite side is redeemable. 
or worthy of keeping in place. The broad sweeping executive orders that Joe Biden passes down with no thought as to what he is doing or why he is doing it simply because Donald Trump has his black signature on the bottom of the paper is ridiculous. We absolutely do have to get back to a place where best idea wins. Unfortunately, the Republicans and the Democrats are too locked and entrenched in their own ideological beliefs that I don't think it's ever possible again. If only the American people could stand up and actually stop their politicians from arguing and fighting. But that would require us to do the same. I preach that on the show often, that we've got to learn to get back to being civil, having dialogue and conversation. But people don't want to do that. They just want to hate. They just want to lash out. Their frustration is palpable. It's real. And it's on both sides equally. Nobody's in the right. And at the same time, nobody's in the wrong. And that makes it difficult to find the muddied line in between. So we step over it. We cross it. We stamp it out of existence. And essentially on the other side are people waiting to argue. We're never going to figure this out if we don't start having meaningful dialogue. It starts with us. It starts with the towns and the cities. It starts with the states. And then the federal government will follow. Our power lies in the 10th Amendment, the reserve powers of the states. We run the government. The Constitution is there for us. So instead of allowing these politicians to continue to beat us over the head with it, maybe we should take a moment and turn our glare onto somebody else. To turn on the real problem, to cut out the cancer that's eroding and eating away at America, which are political parties and the entrenchment that ensues. Folks, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. I'm hoping for an avalanche win. Cross your fingers for me and the team. Not that I'm going to be playing or anything, but damn it, I put enough money into this organization that I deserve another Stanley Cup. I think three has a very good number to it. Veteran Crisis Hotline, folks. 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. You can help veterans. 22 commit suicide a day. Traumatic brain injury. Anxiety, depression, PTS are all very real. We don't call it post-traumatic stress disorder. It's not a disorder. It's something that happens to great people who do heroic things. They need our help. And instead of getting that help, they are committing suicide in record numbers. We need to reach out. Have a conversation with a vet, especially now. Don't leave them isolated. Don't leave them alone. If you can't talk to a vet, you don't know the language, you don't know how to reach them, call me. I'll help you do it. And if that doesn't work, you can go to www.donunfriendme.com, click on the VCL link, and you'll be connected via Skype to a VCL operator. And if you are a civilian, they won't turn you away as well. Just give them a call, and they will talk to you. Folks, thank you so much. Please like, please, finally at the end, I did it. Please like, follow, share, and subscribe. It helps. Leave a comment below. Tell me why you agree. Tell me why you disagree. Tell me why you love me. Tell me why you hate me. It really doesn't matter. All I ask is in the end, you don't unfriend me. We'll see you tomorrow, hopefully with the President's Cup in tow for episode 153. Go Avs. Go Strohs. Have a great night.